One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the GAR. My name is Lee Costello and I'm delighted to be joined by the Loud Captain Sam Mulroy as we talk about all things from Mickey Hart to gym routines to a Leinster final against Dublin. Hope you enjoy the show. Sam the man, how are you keeping? I'm good Lee, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, has the heart rate dropped after the thriller on Sunday? Just on the more, just on the more. Um, yeah, a mental, a mental one. So, thankfully, 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 for my throat side of that now. Yeah, no, it's it's always good to get over them sort of uh, tight matches. Um, I want to go sort of go right back to the start, Sam, in terms of this whole uh, journey that now they're on, and even right back to when you heard the news that uh, Mickey Hart was leaving Tyrone. Obviously, at the time you didn't know it was going to have an immediate impact on you, but were you shocked? And did you have even a slight hope that? you know, because of the availability in life, he might come there? Yeah, I suppose more so a shock that he left Tyrone. Um, I know he'd obviously been there for a long, long time, but I suppose just the year that was in it, was I think it was the COVID year. So um, I don't know if Mickey felt hard done by or like they didn't get, like, you know, get a big crack at it during that COVID year. He had one shot, like, and um, yeah, I suppose I think the whole country was nearly shocked that um, they were they were let go. But um, no, I suppose to answer the other question, I'd never... It never even entered my head um, that Mickey Hart would consider coming to Loud. So um, I suppose when the news did break, it was uh, it was yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and and then it, it didn't take too long for the news to break as well that that he would be coming to Loud. Uh, so just be honest with me, like was was the group chat with the team absolutely hopping at the time? Because literally since that news was announced, there's been a buzz in Loud that that's that's never really left. Yeah, I suppose it's, I think we were all ringing each other going, is is this legit? So, um, yeah, no, it was a case of, yeah, pure shock at the start, I suppose. And, um, yeah, the light of, of, Jesus, this could be something special. And as you said, there's a buzz there. And I just think Mickey carries that persona and um, he has that respect um, within the team and around the county of, uh, for what he's done and who he is. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been absolutely incredible, I suppose, to get to work with him. And I think like, people are just relishing having him here. Um, and us as a team are definitely relishing it, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm from Truro and I, I certainly miss him when, when things are going wrong. Um, when he first came in along with uh, Gavin Devlin, what what was his initial goals? And I don't mean like, obviously he wanted to have success, promotions, trophies, things like that. But I mean, like right at the very start, them first one to 10 training sessions, what was it he wanted to implement almost immediately? Was it like a defensive structure, team bonding, uh, fitness? You know, what was what do you think from sort of viewing it, his top priority was instantly? Yeah, I suppose like, like in it was weird because we had actually went back into lockdown, so we had a, we probably did only have a couple of sessions, and then we had to break for a long period of time. And I suppose the main focus, like um, at that time, was probably our conditioning and our and our <coughs> excuse me, our essence. probably was the the poor enough standards. To be honest, it was never really bought into and laid as much as it probably should have been. So, and um, I suppose that lockdown nearly nearly worked in our favour a little bit. I know we didn't have as much time together on the pitch, but it led a lot of lads, including myself, to to catch up to, to a standard where we needed to be able to compete at in the county football. So um I suppose S and C was was definitely a main one. And then I suppose look um tactical or tactical um awareness of of our structure and how we played was definitely a main feature in what they brought. Look uh, you'll obviously have experience of yourself, you know Gavin Devlin and and how good he is um as a coach. So him really putting his stamp on on what we do and how we train and um our technical ability as well was was evident from the start that we just had to go to another level and um as I said Gavin has has been absolutely incredible he's he's one of the best I've ever seen do it you know sort of way so mm-hmm. um yeah right from the start we knew we knew we were in for something mm-hmm. uh, would it be fair to say that that the start of this uh process journey or whatever you want to call it um Mickey was and Gavin were trying to put in uh, more of a, a system to try and bring out the best out of the team, organize them defensively, and then a lot of the responsibility would have been on you at the focal point to shoulder the responsibility of the scores. Yeah, look, maybe so. And um, I suppose I I think I, I definitely improved when they come in. And um, look, Mickey and Gavin still instilled a lot of belief in myself. And um, and I'm forever grateful for what they've seen in me and um, they definitely helped me develop over the last number of years. So, um, yeah, I suppose, look, maybe our game plan at, the, at that stage was to be solid at the back and, and to hopefully get the ball up the front up, up front enough to, to myself and a few others to, to get enough scores to win matches. And, um, but look, definitely, look, it has to, it evolved over the last year or so and, and I had to because, um, look, the teams get better as you go up the grades and defenders get better and we need to have more scores and thankfully we've, we've done that and, um, Look, as, as I suppose I said earlier as well, it's a case of, look, they're asking us to do things now that they would have never asked us to do three years ago when they first came in. And it just evolves and they, they've layered it um, pretty, pretty well. And um, yeah, I thought we've we've improved definitely um, tactically and technically over the last number of years, everyone. So um, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of touched on it there. People are definitely starting to shoulder the responsibility a lot more. Like Kieran Downey was fantastic at the weekend. Uh, the two lads in midfield early in Down- or Darnan, they were, they're, you know, amazing. Um, so it just goes to show like the talent's always been there in Louth, you know, like Mickey didn't bring them from outside or anything. So like, w- was it just a case now compared to previous years of just having someone with that leadership and organisation to bring out the best in those players? Yeah, absolutely. Look, and it's a, and it's a case of it doesn't happen overnight. And look, as you said, the, the talent has been there and those, like those boys are talented, talented players. Like they're, they're absolutely excellent. And look, I think it maybe did take it, someone like Mickey Hart come in and, and still a little bit of belief and a little bit of direction for those lads as well. And, and myself that, look, this is how it's done. Buy into it and we can take you somewhere. 
um, that you've never been before. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, as you said, the talent's definitely there, and those boys are are incredible, incredible footballers, and they always have been. But look, I think it's 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 a lot to do with upstairs as well, isn't it? Like, and um, where do you believe you're good enough? And look, I think Mickey, um, has definitely instilled that belief in in all his players. Yeah, I mean, you talked about a lot about instilling belief, and Mickey wouldn't be uh, afraid of trying a few tricks, like psychologically. I don't even mean tricks; just sort of uh, moves to try and bring out the best in players, like. He, he written in his book uh, that Trone were having trouble playing away from home. So he got all the players to bring a blade of grass from all the clubs in Trone. He put them in a bag. They wore them in their shoes. So they were always playing on Trone. So, you know, little things to trick in the head. Did he try anything, you know, uh, on, on that sort of, not exactly that, but like that, you know, with you guys? Uh, no, nothing that springs to mind, really. Um, that's an interesting one. But uh, <laughs> no, nothing that springs to mind. Look, he's... He's so talented at what he does, and I think look, us just having him in our dressing room is is enough nearly for us for half that belief. And um, I suppose he's probably like nothing we've ever experienced before in terms of his mentality and um, when it all costs. And yeah, so I suppose it's just special to have him, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's it's maybe enough. Uh, don't need to be bringing grass from anywhere just yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, unfortunately for yourself, you were injured for the latter stages of the league and sort of coming back early in the championship. Uh, what what was the injury and how are you now? Yeah, so I, I done a um decent enough tear on my on my hamstring. So I had a grade two C hamstring tear and um so obviously the tendon what the tendon was involved which it which just makes it a little bit more complicated. So look there was a 12 week 10 to 12 week time frame on it and um quite a lot of um work and um, a good physio team we've just managed to shave a few weeks off it so um, just hoping I can stay injury fit. Look, and as you said, it was a very disappointing to miss the latter stages of the league, especially when we were we were competing for promotion. So disappointed with that. But look, it's left me eager to be back, and um, I worked seriously, seriously hard over the last number of weeks to to try to be back for the championship. And um, yeah, look, I'm feeling good at the minute. So hopefully, it continues on that trend. Well, uh, against Offaly, uh, you were at the heart of a lot of attacks, but it wasn't really until extra time that you really found your range. You know, hit four or five points from play. Um, is that a thing with you? Do you think because they say forwards are confidence players? Like once you make that breakthrough, the floodgates can open. Yeah, probably felt like that the weekend. It felt like nothing was happening for me at one stage, and um, all of a sudden, then look, um, it, it maybe came to it came to the fore. But look, it's a it's a case of, I suppose maybe years ago I would have shied away from that, and you'd you'd stop working, and you'd nearly be looking to be taken off or get me out of here because this isn't going my way. Um, but look, I suppose I've, I've learned over the last number of years and, and I suppose I have different roles in the team now. I don't just have to score as I've seen here and then he scored six or seven points a weekend. There's other lads well capable of doing that on, on days that, that needs it. And um, yeah, so I had other roles when I wasn't scoring, you know, so I could still communicate, mm-hmm. still work hard, I could still tackle. So I suppose I took that. I think that comes with experience and playing a little bit more luck that there's definitely jobs to do even if the ball isn't going where you want it and um, between the posts or whatever but look as you said then it was a case of um yeah just coming to life maybe a little bit and um as you said one went over and next minute uh, I got three or four in a row I think and um yeah just I suppose not shying away from it was was my big learning curve from from previous years and um yeah no definitely thankfully it came good I suppose Mm-hmm. And I suppose coming back from injury, especially in the, like the heat of championship, it's all about like catching up to the pace. Do you think the extra time will actually put you in good stead because you can't really beat minutes in the tank when it comes to you know get, getting back to sharpness? Yeah, yeah, I really hope it will stand to me. Um, 
I, I think I will. Look, I, I hadn't trained much um over the last number of weeks and I hadn't trained much before the Westmead match, to be honest with you. And um yeah, I was throwing <laughs> at the deep end last week and just hoping that my legs would hold up. So um I played 70 last week and look probably played hundred minutes there the weekend as well. So um definitely hope hopefully that'll help get me back uh, to match sharpness and um yeah, yeah, definitely hopefully it'll stand to me. In an interview after the match, they did ask Mickey Hart, um, did he ever consider taking you off during normal time? And I think he said, uh, would you take Lionel Messi off? So there's no bigger compliment than that, and unless maybe you're a Ronaldo fan, but I, I can't think of a bigger <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, no, a massive compliment. And um, I suppose, look, yeah, it's fun, it's a funny one, I suppose. Like when you're when you're going well, everyone's singing your praises. When you're going a bad one, everyone wants your head on, on the block. Like, so... Um, I suppose, as you said, look, I thought I actually didn't think, look, I know the ball, I wasn't scoring as freely as maybe I, I should have been and I had a few wild shots, but I thought I was contributing in other ways, as, as I said. So, look, I'm thankful he he maybe seen that as well and he kept me on the pitch and and, I'm, and look, he gave me enough time to come good and um, look, he instilled so much belief in me that I never feel um, under pressure from from their side, you know, sort of way. So, um yeah, I, I thank him for the compliment, and um, I don't know where he got it from now, but uh, <laughs> I suppose yeah, it was a nice one. Are you a Messi man or a Ronaldo man? I was, I was, I used to be a big soccer fan growing up, and I was always United, so I, I was seriously Ronaldo. But his antics over the last while, and, and I fell out of love with soccer, not a soccer watcher now. I don't watch it anymore, but um, yeah, his antics over the last while ended up my street. So uh, I think I've changed to, to the Messi side. Team Messi now. Now, uh, Sam, I have this uh, impression of you, and to be fair, it's completely unfounded and total guesswork from, uh, from my part. But I think it's because uh, I know you run a gym, you're captain of your county, leadership qualities, and all the rest. Uh, I, I have this impression that you're a real like process warrior. You know, like a Johnny Cooper, Connor Myler, somebody who takes the preparation really seriously. Is it, is that fair to say? Um, it's funny. I'm good friends with Connor Myler and. Um, I suppose we spent a bit of time together in Kenya last year and um, no I'm definitely not I'm definitely not on his level I don't think but, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone is <laughs> I don't think anyone is he's, he's, he's unbelievable in, in what he does and uh, the way he keeps himself and his his mindset but no look uh, I've again I think I've learned over the years that what suits me is that um, I suppose I did when I was younger in 18, 19, 20 I suppose getting hung up on things and been so obsessed with it that I'd a match could ruin my week or a match could make my week and I need to be samurai the coach in the gym and the business owner and so I need to pack football so I, I do try not to get hung up on it so that's kind of come into my preparation a lot as well that look if I don't sleep well because I've been late at the gym working or if I've uh, I haven't eaten as well because of look I had to miss a meal because it is what it is so I've kind of gone a little bit nearly against what I used to be like um, and as I said it's just come from experience so um, look I'm a deep thinker in terms of uh, of myself and how I can improve and what I need to do for the team and stuff like that definitely don't get me wrong I, I take that very very seriously um, but look in terms of actually getting hung up on on the little things no look I don't think in, in the grand scheme of things does anyone care no so yeah. it's about going out and playing as best I can yeah that's the way I've, I've started Started to try thinking over the last one. Probably still a nightmare to be around at the minute, but look. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, I was just wondering because um, uh, the difference between club level and, and county level is the, the gap's probably closing a little bit. You know, even like junior clubs have strength and conditioning programs. They look after the nutrition, pre-match meals, and things. But county level is a, a, a different level. 
still. So I, I was wondering, and because you're a coach as well, could you maybe talk us through what a pre-match routine would be, maybe starting from the day before, ideally? Yeah, so like for us, we usually play on a Sunday, obviously. So we have a, we have a nice window there on the Saturday to, to really go after. So for me, look, it starts probably the Friday night. Um, I think two nights before the sleep needs uh, obviously the week leading up is important but look two nights before get, if you get a good sleep there because I always find the night before match you never actually sleep that well because it's always on your mind so two nights before for me is really really important to sleep well and then it's a case of look you obviously know the, the carb loading thing is massively important and eating as, as much as you can the day before in terms of um, getting some good carbs and healthy proteins and fats um, to be uh, fueled enough and then it's just like micro stuff like um don't drink too much caffeine like uh too late in the day so that you actually do sleep um so little things of i think intercounts players are trying to again take it to the next level of um yeah what they're doing throughout their day to, to really really um stay ahead of that club because as you said the club's catching up and it's it's so mm-hmm. so impressive of what the club lads are doing now as well so um yeah i suppose look eat well recover chill out for me i like to actually do some other stuff in terms of actually like to be distracted and not talk about the game too much or um, i like to go to work on a saturday morning and um yeah so i suppose i suppose it's look everyone's trying to do something different and get ahead of the curve but i suppose it's finding what suits the person and yeah um, as you said look there's i could try to do a kind of what it does but it probably won't work for me do you know so do i um so yeah it's kind of a it's a it's a funny one i suppose just down to the individual maybe just just on the carb loading, because I'd interviewed uh, Padraig Hamsey before, and he was saying that, like, such an emphasis on it, and this was a couple of years ago, but he'd nearly feel sick with the amount of food that they had to eat. You know what I mean? You're so full and, and bloated and whatever. I mean, is that is that still the case, right? Not like you're, you're nearly forcing food down you? Yeah, it's funny. Like, we had our first match in Clare this year away, and I felt we, we arrived in a hotel, and I felt like just all that day I hadn't stopped eating. And I felt, yeah. as you said, they're bloated and I felt a little bit, you can nearly feel overweight. You're like, Jesus Christ, I don't know how I'm going to run around tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I was saying it to our nutritionist and she was like, no, that's how, you, like, that's how you're supposed to feel. You should feel like that. That's what you should be eating all the time. And I was like, no, I'd never eat that much. Like, So mm-hmm. it's, uh, no, it's definitely the case of, yeah, get the food in. And look, for me then on the day of the match, it's as, nearly as little as possible just to have enough to, that you're not hungry, but um, just to feel fresh and light. And look, you know that you've done the work the day before. So, um, but yeah, it's a funny one. You know, you feel like you're you don't stop eating all that day. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you've got a very big game coming up at Leinster final against Dublin. And listen, like, there's no secret that Louth will be going in as huge underdogs for that game due to the the dominance that Dublin have had over the last thirteen plus years. Um. Do you you, you talk a lot about Mickey Hart and still in belief, and I have no doubt that he does believe it. But do you genuinely feel that this Louth team can do what so many teams in Leinster? Feel to do and, and take the trophy away from the capital? Yeah, I suppose like that's a dangerous question for me, I suppose, because I'm not, I, I could sit here and say, yeah, I do believe and I do, I do deep down, I suppose, have have enough belief that we can go in and um, cause an upset, but I'm not stupid enough to sit here and say that we walk into Crow Park and take the trophy off Dublin because, as you said there, they're the champions last 13 odd years and yeah. probably many more years before that, and some of those players of eight or nine All Ireland. So, in no case am I going to disrespect them and say, um, yeah, we're going to rock in and win. Um, look, but look, on day we have to win with belief and we have to win and try. Um, so yeah, it's a case of not getting ahead of ourselves and staying two feet on the ground. We have a job to do, and um, hopefully, look, if we do a good enough job, we'll come out with the trophy. But look, um, as I said, 
Dublin are a, a seriously well known and there's some superstars in that team that are going to take a lot of stock and so it's a, it's a massive, massive task and a big job ahead of life, yeah. No, of course. Um, I sort of made the point, uh, we did a podcast uh, yesterday, just a review show, and you can look at the Kildare Dublin game sort of in two ways. Like, you, you know, Dublin struggled in that match they did. Kildare really put it up to them. So, like, you know, now you could look at that and be, you know, they, oh, this team can be got at. They, there's weaknesses there. Or they, you can sort of look at it, yeah, what are the odds they're going to have two bad games in a row? Because it's just, the, you know, the talent that they have in a row. Like, I mean, what, what were your thoughts watching the game back? Yeah, it's it's funny because I suppose a number of teams have put Dublin on the ropes over the last 10 years. Like, you look at the Mayo games and but they just seem to have this resilience and this um, know-how to get to get over the line and it's so, so impressive. Um, and I suppose, look, when they probably did have an off day in terms of, of they had a lot of chances in the first half they didn't take and um, Calero will probably be, be kicking themselves a little bit. But look, you, can, you just can't write them off, can you? And they're... There's some, as you said, some superstar, some serious, serious players in there that just know how to win. Um, so yeah, look, we'll be looking at it from the lens of yeah, they can be got at, and we'll try our best to do that. Like so, it'll be a case of um, try pick holes in it. Look, they'll be doing the same with us, and um, hopefully, look, we'll get more uh, chances to win the match on in, in Sunday week than than they do. So, mm-hmm. uh, Sam, we finish every podcast with a quick fire round. Would you be up for that? Yeah, let's do it. Stop. Sweet. Uh, Favourite player to watch growing up? JP Rooney. Good stuff. Uh, Favourite sport to watch outside of the GAA? I'm going to sound really boring here. I don't really watch much other sports other than GAA. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're a process warrior, you see? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, a really, really good gym session or going to the pitch with a bag of balls? What would you prefer? Ah, uh, bag of balls, bag of balls. Yeah, yeah all day. That's Hard a that's bet, a forwards yeah. answer. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying you would be in trouble, but if you were ever to be in trouble with the loud management because late to training, anything like that, who would you be more afraid of the backlash, Gavin Davlin or Mickey Hart? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mickey Hart, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he definitely has the um, he's disappointed, not mad kind of stare going on yeah Gavin would probably scream at me like what Mickey I think it hurt me a little bit more maybe yeah Um, sweeper keepers yeah or nay yeah 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 it seems forwards really like them but I think when I ask defenders a lot of them it gives them I don't know makes them nervous I don't know it's it's brilliant it's brilliant you've seen like Oren Lynch there and James Calvin intercepting kick passes there the weekend it was slash it's Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, toughest player to ever mark you? It's been two. Um, oh, he was only young. Uh, Mick Fitzsimons marked me um, when I was maybe 20, 21. And yeah, that was a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Had you ever came close to quitting loud football? No. Never? Never. No doubt. That's it. Process work. Um, last last question, and I know I've asked you before, but it's a good way to end. Uh, can Loud be Leinster champions 2023? Yeah. Brilliant. I, I, I assume so. Um, well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show. Good luck in the Leinster final. Good luck uh, for the season ahead. And um, thanks again. Brilliant. Thanks, Lee.
Thanks to Sam Roy for coming on to the podcast. Remember to check out our review show when we had Kevin Nolan in studio chatting about that game for Dublin in 2011 to clinch the All-Ireland title for the first time in 16 years, how he was dropped off the panel in 2015 and his ongoing battle with diabetes. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 